close our eyes and to think back a long time ago to last week, Christmas Day. We're sitting maybe around a lounge or maybe there's a tree up, maybe there's not. And you get to unwrap a present. And it's just the one you've wanted. Whether it's a practical tool or a a toy that you're going to use or an electronic device or whatever it is. Um, You can open your eyes now. Serious question. Who got something at Christmas time that they wanted? So now everybody's quietly looking at the people they gave gifts to to find out, did they really want it or not? Today, I'm going to be talking, I've titled it, High Desires. High Desires. Now, it sounds like an interesting or a a weird topic to talk about desire. Um, It's not something we necessarily talk about all the time, but I do want us to see something in there that I believe God would have us learn, or not learn, but remember and reflect on at this time. We, We all desire stuff. We all want things. Now, some of it's literally stuff or things, um, whether it's a nice car or a helpful tool or a computer that actually works properly. Whatever it is. We desire achievements, whether they be at the workplace or accomplishments in terms of maybe leading other people sometimes that's a nice little thing to say oh they they made me this or that position or title we desire things for ourselves oh for our family we're talking we're, we were hearing Sarah and as well as Alison as well pray for different people within the family situation and we often desire things for our kids. Or, you know, we might be hoping that they get good grades this year, better grades than last year, or a better teacher, or a better work ethic, whatever it might be. We might be wanting them to achieve better results at university or to get a better job so that we know that we don't have to worry about them. We might be desiring that our parents will actually make the decision not to keep living on their own when they really shouldn't be on their own because it's time that they looked at a nursing home option or a supported living type thing. We have lots of desires. We have desires for our good friends as well. Maybe all of our friends a little bit, but especially our good ones. We have desires for our workplace and even our church. My question today, though, for us is, what do you want in God? What is it that we actually are desiring as we look to God and who he is and, um, and what opportunities we have this year as God leads us? A quote from A.W. Tozer. The stiff and wooden quality of our religious lives is a result of our lack 
of holy desire. Complacency is a deadly foe of all spiritual growth. Acute desire must be present or there will be no manifestation of Christ to his people. It's a full-on quote. Um, but I love the way he says acute desire. Actually really wanting something. Now, to take you from the Christmas tree and giving around presents, I want to take you to high school scripture because you guys know that it's a day or a couple of days a week of my life nowadays. And we talk about in this high school scripture lesson a survey that was done of 95-year-olds. A guy in the early or mid-2000s found over 50, 95-year-olds and asked them, if they got to do their life again, what would they change? If you got to do it differently, what would you change? The answers were surprising to the guy, who was Dr. Anthony Campolo from um, University of Pennsylvania. These 95-plus-year-olds decided that they would reflect more. Christmas time, New Year's, is often a time of reflection for us. Maybe we get a few days off from our normal weekly schedules and we start to look at well, the year that was. These 95-year-olds decided that they should work figure out their well-thought-out priorities, that they should contemplate the meaning of life, of family, of work, and of much more. That they should, that if they got to redo their life, they would stop and think and consider with intensity. I want us to ponder that term. Stop, think, and consider with intensity. They observed, or, and the, the author of the report survey observed, that a lot of people around were absent when they were present. Or another way of saying it, that, people walk around dead or zombie-like because they're just going through the motions. And until we're actually reflecting on the things that we're doing, the things we've achieved, the things, things about life. Sometimes we just go through the motions, and I know I do that as well. The second point, reflecting more. They decided that they would risk more. As um, I was reminded during the week watching a movie, that they should go boldly go where no man has gone before. And Meredith, who must have watched Star Trek, chuckled to herself. Have you guys not seen Star Trek? Oh, we need an education. No, what, what can I say? I am my father's son. You can't have friends without risk. You can't engage in a marriage without risk. You can't have a fulfilling career or purpose without risk. And so risking more is actually a helpful thing. Finally, and 
perhaps the main part of what we're going to be looking at as we look to the word. These 95-year-olds decided that they wanted to do more that would outlast them. They wanted to know that their lives counted for something. That long after that they had left this world, somehow their impact would live on. Now, it's actually a year seven lesson as we consider with the high school students, hey, you're priceless. What are you going to do with your life that actually matters instead of just kicking along? And here's an interesting statement that I liked. One of these days you're going to die. When you were born, you cried, but everyone around you was happy. Now, when you die, everybody around you is going to cry while you're happy. Do we live our life for a title or for a testimony? What's going to be left at the end of it? A testimony of how we've actually influenced people's lives or a title of the different positions that we've held or attained to? because the position was more important to us than the people. Adoniram Judson, who was a missionary to Burma, um, said once, No mind, no wisdom. Temporary mind, temporary wisdom. Eternal mind, eternal wisdom. And so as we look at desires, that I feel like could be restated. No desires, no attainment. Temporary desires, temporary attainment or happiness. Eternal desires, eternal attainment or joy. High desires. I don't want to be somebody like King Solomon who strived and strived, and then as he reflects in Ecclesiastes, he reflects, see, good point, that he was chasing after the wind. I want my life to be more than just a fleeting wind, and so I don't know if you've worked really hard for something and then it's just, poof, it's gone. Hopefully something that we work really hard for is actually lasting and important. Now, we come to the question, what are worldly desires? Worldly desires. You know, not godly ones, worldly ones. What might they be? You know, that really fancy car, maybe that um, harem of women that just love us. I don't know what it is what those worldly desires are, but I would ask us a question. Matthew 6, chapter 31, verse 31 says, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For pagans run after these things. For worldly people... Seek after, that is desire, seek after food and clothes. Yeah, that, that, 
and drink. Food, clothes, and drink. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. I really only considered that one recently, and I went, oh, really? Worldly desires? Food, water, and clothes? It's not quite how I would have computed things. But it's there for us to consider. Do we have strong desires? As the Psalm 42 verse 1 says, As the deer pants for streams of water, water that it needs for its life, urgent, necessary desires, a hunger, so my soul pants for you, my God. Psalm 37, verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. High desires. What do you want from God this year? How do you actually want to grow? I'm not going to tell you what you should want from God this year. That's something for you to consider. That's something for us all to question and answer. Because having... This is a time of New Year's resolutions for some. You know, and some of them are good. Some of them are wonderful. Some might be things like losing weight or learning a language, keeping calm when we're dealing with kids. That can be frustrating. Might be going to the gym more. Might be watching TV less. Might be praying more. Might be reading the Bible every day, like we've said every year for the last 10 years. And we've looked back at the, week, at the end of the year and we think, oh, well, I think I did it every week. New Year's resolutions can be a helpful thing. There's nothing wrong with resolving to do things. But we should question what and why we're resolving to do things. Are we treating... Why would we want to change? Is it to prove ourselves to God so that he'll bless us or save us? Is it to prove ourselves to others and other people so that we can say, you know, I, I said I was going to get fit and I got fit. Look at me. I'm fit. Is it to prove ourselves to ourselves so that we can think well of ourselves instead of feeling guilty about ourselves all the time? The problem with all of these motives is they're all about me. They're all about what I can do for me. So as we look at how we want to change or what things we desire, let's look 
at God understanding who he is, that there was old, we've been made new. Let's not go down a wrong path of seeking to earn his grace. Um, I've got a few, few different copies of a little article from, um, from the Gospel Coalition about New Year's resolutions. And so um, there'll be some copies up the back if you'd like to grab them. Or if we run out, just come and see me. I only printed a few. But ten questions to ask to help us consider what good New Year's resolutions we could make. But I want to, I want to conclude with Paul's desires for the church in Ephesus. In a couple of his prayers, chapter 1, then chapter 3 and 5, as well as a little bit in Timothy. These might be our desires for our kids, our parents, our siblings, our friends, for ourselves. They're Paul's examples, not mine. They're in the Bible. It's God's word. Maybe they're a pretty good example for us to consider. But seriously, what do you want? Think about it over the next coming days. Write something down. Put it somewhere that in three months' time you can look back and say, am I growing in this particular area, whether it be faith or love or compassion or generosity or whichever one it is you decide that you want to specifically grow in. Don't just keep having all these desires for our natural life that we're focused on, that we're aiming to achieve and we walk around like a zombie in our Christian life. We show up to church, we do stuff if people ask us to. We're committed, we're faithful, but we're not actually aiming anywhere. Ephesians chapter 1, 15. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and of your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking, God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that, so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. Is that our hope for our kids, for our family? Or are we more worried about what job they have? I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those who he called, his holy people, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Hearts flooded with light. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power to us who believe. Understanding God's power, seeing him work in our lives and the people around us, maybe seeing him work through our prayers. Is that the specific thing that we would seek in these coming months and year? Um, chapter 3, verse 14 through to 19. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. 
I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power through the Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and how long and high and deep is the love of God. Power to grasp the love of God. Is that our desire? And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. We often desire to increase in knowledge, whether it be mechanical or engineering or workplace-related knowledge. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Maybe that's a high desire. Chapter 5, verse 15 of Ephesians. Be very careful. This is some more practical instructions for us as well. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns and songs of the Spirit, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to the God and Father of everything, for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Over in 1 Timothy, Paul is being instructive again to Timothy, and I'll close with this verse. 1 Timothy 4, 7 through to 10. Rather, train yourself to be godly, for physical training is of some value. But godliness has value for all things, holding promise both for the present life and the life to come. Temporary desires or eternal desires. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and strive, desires we work towards. Because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. God, give us high desires. Help us as we reflect on the year that's been, not just with guilt as uh, Pastor Steve was praying earlier, but looking to and realizing we have grown in you over the last year. But Lord, help us see specifically how we might grow, how we might seek you in the 12 months ahead, how we might yearn for the people around us and pray for the people around us to know you more, to grow in you, to understand more of a particular fruit of the Spirit or understand salvation itself. Lord, help us not walk around aimless or achieve things that are like beating the air, but targeted, aimed, high and holy desires. Lord, give us your strength in this, your wisdom, as we do take some time to reflect on this as well as throughout the year.
Let it not be a human thing. But let us seek you and hear from you in this. Blessed be your name. Amen.